0: No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's (laughs) Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com, alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. Greg, as we are sitting here taping this today, we are, as always, in the Alumni Lounge at SunTrust Park at the beginning of a long homestand. I believe it's a 10-gamer, maybe 11, 10 or 11, somewhere in there. We're here for a while, and we're talking about a first-place team, the first-place Atlanta Braves, tied for first with the Phillies in the East. If you're not already if you're not already planning to come out and see this team play, now's the perfect time. We got the Swansburson bobblehead coming up, which I'm very excited for. We've got all kinds of cool things coming up, but again, it bears repeating: we've got a first place ball team here, ball club here. So get on out here and, and watch them. It's it's a fun time to be out at SunTrust Park. Well, that's where we should be. Yeah, first I agree. place. Yeah, that's what's what's where we want to be. With and the Phillies coming up yeah,
1: after the the Pirates. So this, uh, it's playing nicely into what we'd expect, and that's just an inter interdivision rival against the Phillies. I don't know. I didn't really think the Mets were going to be bigger. But they're playing better. But the, the Phillies, no. we knew last year we battled it out with the Phillies, and I thought it was going to be, especially after the way the first series went, uh, against Philly, so we got some payback, but we need to finish up our business with uh, with the Pirates. Pirates are a good team; they you can't overlook them. So, right. but uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Looks like we're hitting our stride, and we just signed um, former Cy Young Award winner. He should be here, um, you know, sometime soon, and that's only that's only going
0: yeah. to help us. So, well, and as today's guest talks about Eric Young, first base coach Eric Young, but first base coach is almost. I think we give we give guys like he and Washington. You get that title because that's what they are on the field, but they do so much more than. I wonder. I do sometimes wonder, like how many casual fans know what like a first base coach does and what a third base coach does, besides you know windmill people around mm-hmm. third or stop them at third and that sort of thing. Guy like EY does a lot on a daily basis mm-hmm. as you are going to hear about. He's working with the outfielders with base running. I mean, he's he's coaching these guys doing all kinds of different things on a daily basis. What an interesting man. First of all, an interesting baseball guy, baseball lifer, I'd say. I mean, he's been in the, the game for decades now as a player, as a coach. He has a son that has been a big leaguer for basically a decade now. Uh, and another son who's a child actor and child star. We get into that, which was really cool to hear about. I'm so excited for fans to hear from EY. That that was, to me, this was one of those ones where I was finding myself just kind of getting lost as, like, just listening to him. And, you know, I I was just so interested in what he had to say and the way that he said it. Um, Really, really interesting guy. And I think a a real treat for the fans today.
1: Yeah, if you haven't looked up his career, 17 seasons in the big leagues. He was an all-star in 96. He was a Silver Slugger award winner in 96 lifetime two eighty three batting average, um and uh almost five hundred stolen bases. So he was a player. He played on good teams um in Colorado and uh like you said he is a lifer. Now he's working with some of these young guys, helping them get better at their craft and, and that's you, you want those guys. I mean when I like I said, when you look at Walt Weiss and you look at um Sal Fasano and <clears throat> Kevin Seitzer and and uh, Eric Young, those guys down there, and Ron Washington, we've got some studs down there on the coaching staff. These guys have coached for a long time. they played for a long time. They know what they're doing, and it's no shock to me that this team is playing at a high level, and they have been for the last couple years. So I, I anticipate that the thing that this coaching staff will do is not allow this team to get too high or too low. You know, we've heard Snit talk about that team never gets too far away they never have too big of a slide they never they're never too high on themselves they're never too low on themselves I think it had a lot to do with having grounded people around you and that coaching staff has certainly
0: been put together you know Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Snicker put together a great staff that was back when we had Snit on last fall that was one of my favorite things was just hearing him talk about his leadership style and how he guides the team, or and how that team, how it's important to this to never get too high and too low. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I've enjoyed having coaches on here so much. It's just so interesting to hear leaders and and how they they lead and how they go about their business. And um, it's it's pretty, it is an outstanding staff we have down there. And I'm I'm thrilled. We are both thrilled for you all to hear from Braves first base coach Eric Young. Without further ado, here he is.
1: Welcome, EY. Thank Welcome you. to Behind the Braves. Behind the Braves. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thank well, you. we uh, we've been. I've been thinking about having you on for some time, just because, you know, when I played, you were playing, and uh, you had obviously had a great career, and and uh, now you're with the good guys. You're with the Braves. Yes, I always wanted yeah. to be a Brave. Did, Did you? Say, oh yes. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. And the Rockies were tough on us early on. Now, <laughs> tell me, your your first year in Colorado was when?
2: It was ninety three.
1: Uh, oh, so your first year, you were in, in you in Mile yeah. High. Yeah, I was in Mile oh, High. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah. I have fond mem- memories of Mile High because you guys weren't that good. No, we weren't. But were then not. When, you moved, <laughs> when you moved to Coors Field, man, it, you guys got tough quick. Well, honest. we said we're
2: going into a new stadium. We need a couple of new players to make us a better team, and uh, we were excited. It was yeah. exciting, especially offensively.
1: Well, we're, we're happy that you're here with us. I, I look out at that team, the team that we have here with Atlanta, and just look at the coaching staff. And, of course, you know, I played with Walt and I've known Sniff forever. And, of course, Seitz was playing when we played, even though he was in the American League. And, and then, you know, you were playing. And um, I always respected your all's team. You know, Colorado, because you guys played hard. You had, you know, Larry Walker was great. And, of course, Vinny and I came up together. <laughs> you know, Vinny was great. And, and, of course, you had a bunch of great players. But um, but I, I just look out in the field and think, man, that, that staff looks like, I know you guys work hard, but you look like you have a good time and you really enjoy And I know you're helping the kids tremendously. What, what's it like being down there for you?
2: Well, I tell you, it's it's a lot of fun, uh, especially coming to the park every day and, and dealing with these kids, excuse me, dealing with the kids out there because we treat them as though they are our kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have that personal relationship with the guys. and. You know we have a good mix of some veterans, and mm-hmm. but the the young ones keep it e- exciting. You, you you really don't know what to expect every day when you <laughs> walk in there, what they're gonna do. Uh, uh, it just it's just it's a great feeling, great situation, and a great bunch of kids. Like we hear from other coaches, like you know they talk about their young players. We don't have that problem here. Mm-hmm. I mean just just a class act really, and it's just a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that's great. Well, it's the crusty veterans that are getting in fights, <laughs> and the young guys are having fun, right? <laughs> I didn't see where you were in all that last night, but I'm sure you were somewhere. Well, I was being
2: a peacemaker, <laughs> and I was in the middle of it and realized that I'm too short to get in the middle. Of it. But, that could uh, be dangerous. That could You're, be dangerous. Yeah. The, the
1: middle. Hey, there. Mike Tyson was the toughest boxer yeah. I've ever seen, and he wasn't the largest guy. Yeah, he, he wasn't large,
2: but I tell you what, he had a powerful right and left, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, he did. But, uh, well, yeah. sp-
1: speaking of kids, your son is, is uh, well, he's played about 10 seasons now and, in the big leagues, and put together a, a fine career and tell us about your relationship with him well you know
2: that's that's my son he has my namesake and, and i love him to death and for him to follow in my footsteps first of all you know that's just a blessing and i think a lot of dads want mm-hmm. their kid to to follow in their footsteps but um you know he was a different different type of player in the sense that you know uh he did different things he the speed was the same uh you know he batted differently he was a switch hitter um, but you know he was able to labor and you know he's a second baseman, and then he switched to the outfield so uh I was hoping he he kept both so mm-hmm. he get when you have more versatility, you're able to add on a few more years right so um he's got parts of ten seasons uh he's with uh Seattle Mariners triple a team Tacoma now he's actually hurt hmm. right now on the i l so uh but yeah, he's you know it's just it's just awesome for a dad to have your son play in the major leagues, and I know those dads that just had their kids drafted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be such a such a uh, great feeling when they get to the big leagues.
0: Well, even though he's been in kind of in the big leagues for a decade now, basically, does he still reach out to you for advice at all, or talk talk hitting or fielding or anything with you at all, or well, or do you sometimes reach that, out? and That's the check part in? that's changed, you know, because
2: <laughs> one thing about dads, and and, and this is like. I hope dads don't take it personal. The kids will always view us as dad, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: not coach. And so I realized that when he got drafted and I told him, uh, you know, to always empty your cup because it's going to be coaches along the way that's going to give you tips and advice. And I don't want you to be that type of player or kid that said, well, my dad said this Mm -hmm. or he did it that way. Mm -hmm. No, I want you to learn because they may say something that really strikes you and really allows you to be a consistent ball player, and I wouldn't want you to miss that blessing. So, uh, no, I I step to the side. When he really needs me, he'll call me. Mm -hmm. Um, He knows I'm watching. He knows I'm hearing about the games and everything, and uh, I get my little report. I never did tell him how I got my reports, (laughs) but I got my reports on him. But uh, he was a a tireless worker. Uh, He still is a tireless worker. Works extremely hard, and, and every coach, you know, that I spoke to on his on his journey, uh, has, has said positive things mm-hmm. about him, and that you should be proud of him. So, and that's all I take as a dad. But fathers out there, we are dad first, foremost, and only. Really, <laughs> they want other coaches. They want to hear from other guys. And when he used to come in the locker room, he used to go to other players and talk to them and mm-hmm. everything. And, and that's okay. If, if it's something, if it clicks. I'm okay. I'm going to step aside. I'm not going to let him, let him, allow him to miss that opportunity.
1: Yeah, that's a great word. I mean, I know that I've dealt with that now having adult children like mm-hmm, yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see the transition. You go from... Sheriff when they're little, then you go to coach, <laughs> and then you're a consultant. And yes. So I'm, I'm in that That's consultant That's role. It right <laughs> That's to it Sheriff co- to a, coach a, to consultant, that I, is – I'm going like to write that, that down. That's yeah, right, that down. I like well, that. Well, yeah, I didn't yeah. come up with that. It took me many years to learn that. But uh, It's but tough. I, uh, it's it tough, is though, tough. really, because
2: you're coaching your son constantly, you know, when they're coming up uh, and get in high school and you're teaching them things and he's watching how you go to work and how you go about your business. And he wants to be similar. You know he wants to be, but I always told Junior, I said, no, 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 I don't want you to be Sam. I want you to be better mm. than me. So, um, but no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take it personal when he got drafted, and and uh, I didn't, I didn't take it personal. So, I just stepped aside a little bit. I'll be there when you need me. Did your dad play? No, any sports? No, okay. no, no. My dad, my mom was a basketball player. Oh, so okay. if I had a little height. I'll probably be you know talking about <laughs> basketball right, right now, but uh, that was my best sport. But I didn't have that height.
1: Yeah. Is there is there somebody on the team? I know, and I've heard Walt talk about this. And is that these guys? They're the given their age. You know, they're basically our kids' age, except for some of the older ones. But is there somebody that you really connected with that you've kind of taken under your wing? Or I know that when I played, there were always coaches that kind of had their people that really connected with and. And so you kind of saw that throughout the locker room. Is there some guys that, that you've really felt like you've kind of mentored or that you work with more or that you kind of connect with?
2: Well, I think obviously it has to be Acuna with outfield. Uh, his outfield play. Um, there's a connection there. And, and I think even more so last year mm-hmm. when uh, when the big fight came about and uh, he mentioned to some people, I didn't know why I had my back like that, you know, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean to present it like that, you know, <laughs> I always had your back. But, uh, but uh, no, he's one that, you know, sort of like a project in the outfield. Uh, he's an extremely talented player we know offensively, mm-hmm. and he can do a lot of things. So from a defensive standpoint, you know, and being his outfield coach, uh, that's something that I've taken pride in and he realized and he, he mentioned to me in spring training uh, I always ask guys the questions what do you want to accomplish individually what do you want to accomplish and he told me the first thing he said he said I want a gold glove like those other two guys mm. I said okay That's so good goal. yeah mm-hmm. it was real I mean I was surprised to, to hit a comment but he made he made it and, and he's been one Ozzy Ozzy was probably you know have to be proud i I shouldn't say favorite but uh washington deals with him on a daily basis and i pretty much i played second base i was a speedster i was short Mm -hmm. you know so uh i've taken to him as well on a more professional uh level when i say professional meaning like you can have serious conversations with him and uh talk about the game talk about anything that would be Freeman. Yeah, Freddie's like the like the <laughs> I don't want to say Godfather makes it seem older, but Freddie's like he don't say much. He walks around the locker room. He allows the kids to be kids, but when he speaks, mm-hmm. it's silence, and everybody takes heed to it. I remember we had a losing streak last year, and we talk about leaders and everything, and and Freddie's not that boisterous leader. You know, you know, Freddie. He comes to work. Him and Marcakis, you know, they come and do their thing. But we had a meeting, and uh, Wash usually has the last comment (laughs) in the meeting. So, so you know, Wash has the last comment. Words of wisdom at the end? Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) Wash said, I'm not saying a word because it's not working. It's time for Freddie to say something. And Freddie stood up and said something. Wow. Just called him on the spot like that. And we responded. I think we went 6-1 and one on that road trip in August,
0: which was big. Mm-hmm. Was this the uh, the coming off the the Boston series going that's to Arizona exactly and right. San Francisco? Yes, We've yes. talked about that on yes. behind the Braves before, but that was the moment. That's where the season really oh, turned for yeah. us. That was the key, key moment was, of the season. That, that really was. was. That re- it really and was. And so Freddie got up and gave Freddie,
2: a – Freddie, I mean, because we didn't know how the team was going to respond. I mean, I, re- I would say, oh, Lord, you know. <laughs> That was a tough loss. Yeah. And um no, nah, Freddie. <laughs> and I said, That's the leader for sure. We already knew he was the leader, mm-hmm. but the kids respond mm-hmm. to Freddie when he speaks.
0: So, it's been yeah. pretty incredible to watch Freddie blossom into that leader because I mean I still can remember the day he debuted and it came up in two thousand ten, I think okay. it was. <laughs> and now and I think I wonder sometimes if he in that relationship that he has with Chipper where he's kind of now stepped into that role that Chipper had seemed to have from the outside looking in. I mean I was never in there. But the perception was that Chipper was the same and that he was quiet. Uh-huh. He wasn't a rah rah, boisterous as you said kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But that when he did speak the team would listen, yeah. particularly in his later years, and it kind of seems like the that team will respond they respond, mm-hmm. right, yes, mm-hmm. in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, it's just
2: amazing how, like, I realized early on last year when Freddie would go into John's office, and locker room would be for all the youngsters around and making the noise, listening to music and everything like that. He <laughs> said, Freddie, whoa, you know he said, Mm-mm. that's for them. Mm-hmm. Let them be who they are." This is why I like quiet. Mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, I said, well, let me leave because you <laughs> like it quiet. I'm not gonna talk to you." <laughs> so do they? So,
1: they play music in there? They oh loud, yeah! Crank
2: it up? Oh yeah! They they go in there. They they you know they are kids. They yeah. they have fun and, and it's fun too. And uh, and all the guys get along and uh, they're rooting for each other. I mean it's it's a it's a great atmosphere. So when a new guy comes in. There's just a way. It's a brave mm-hmm. way. I always say, mm-hmm. you gotta fit in, because if you don't, somebody's gonna let you know. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's been it's been good. I've been I've been waiting
1: to be a brave man.
2: <laughs> I've been
1: now, what, tell me what part of the country you grew up in. I grew up in New Jersey. Oh, that's right. New yeah. Jersey. You went to Rutgers, went to right? Rutgers, yeah. Okay. Yes. I knew yes. that. I knew yeah. that. Yeah. So the South. Well, you lived out. I mean, you lived in a bunch of different places. Obviously, baseball takes us. Many different areas, but um, this is not a bad place to be.
2: Oh, this is a great place. I remember I, I, I moved down here in, um, what was that, '97 uh, or '98 or something like that. And Mike Hampton actually rent, rent my house out. Oh, really? When he was down here. Okay. Yes. And uh, I would say, one day, John Sherholz <laughs> and Bobby's gonna call me. That's right. And, 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 and well, tell me I'm a brave. Did. But it, it was, you know, they had Limp Dog here, and Limp was getting a little older. So I was like, all right. It's a possibility. <laughs> <You> never know. <laughs> but then they had some great second basemans after that. We've as well. had,
1: and you know what? And you're talking about working with Acuna, there's a long, long lineage of great center fielders, too, in yeah. this organization. Yeah. And, and um, so it looks like he's getting pretty comfortable out there. So we appreciate yeah. all the work you're doing with him. Yeah. One thing I didn't, uh, I bet you don't know, but I was looking back, just, you know, I run the Alumni Association for the Braves, so I'm here a lot. We've got over 65 guys here in Atlanta, so I'm always interacting, and we have guys played in a bunch of different organizations. But I was looking back just to see, you know, we faced off against each other. Cause <laughs> do you know that you faced me more than anybody else in my career? No way. Yeah, more at-bats than anybody no else. Kidding. How did not know that? 20 at-bats. And somebody asked me, well, why? I was talking um, good friends with our Museum Hall of Fame guys. And they were saying, Well, what? you know, he's not even in our division. I said, Well, you know, being a reliever is just kinda of about timing. Right. But we played a lot against each other and um but yeah, it was just interesting. I didn't I didn't recognize that. All right, what were the numbers? <laughs> well
0: say he's what,
2: not what gonna say it? that because I probably got maybe three hits uh, the <laughs> at the 20 at-bats, and he probably had me hitting to about four or five double plays.
0: <laughs> With <laughs> and, your speed,
2: and, uh, no way. Well, I had a big swing. I <laughs> had a big swing. So, uh, you know, he's not going to say that. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's nice how he just quietly just put no, that in. I just, and, and bats. I was
1: surprised at that. Twenty twenty at-bats. 20 at-bats, yeah. wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was you know, you look back at your career, and of course you could probably name five t- pitchers that you dominated and you could probably name five pitchers that dominated you. We're all that way. You know, right. We all had guys, but we never wanted to go into Coors Field and face – you know, he had Murder's row, you know, and, and he, he he hit the top of that lineup. He set the table for those guys. They had a great hitting team. Now, as pitchers, on the other hand, you know, that was a tough place to be. You know, yeah. we were still in, in – with the way the ball flew and the, the temperature and it was dry and – I mean, it was just a, a crazy place to play. And, um, but I always have – I've got great memories of going there. Of course, it's beautiful. Yes. And yes. it's just a, a great place, and you spent a lot of your career there. But, uh, but I
0: thought that was interesting. That is interesting. You hit the first first home uh, home Colorado Rockies home run. Is that, is yes. that correct? Yes. Nice. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, we, before you, you move
2: off of when you guys used to come in, I just wanted to say that if Chipper would have came like a year later, that probably would have been our World Series team. In Colorado, Chipper did some damage that series yeah. against us. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. made key plays. Oh yeah, that we could. Well, won.
1: I was we pitching won. that night when Galarraga hit that two hopper yeah. down the line that he that, backhanded. Okay, yes, indeed, and, that was and we know that 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 was our toughest series by far. It was tougher than the Indians' series. It was tougher than the Red Series. That first round playoffs in '95 right. when we went out there, you guys played us that year as tough as anybody. We all knew that we were lucky to get past that round because you guys were – you all had a great team.
2: I remember because you guys had the best record, but you were starting on the road, and that was a big issue back then, which the best record should have the home field advantage. Yeah, right. which was crazy because
1: right, right. that was when, you know, the first round of the playoffs, and they had it. They had I don't know why they did that. But. Yeah,
2: and then we, we thought if we can – we knew we pitching-wise it was going to be a battle. And we knew that, and we knew offensively we had to do some things which were going to be tough at home. Um, and uh, it, it was a great series. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to touch on that. That was, that was a great series. That it was. was. That was I my mean, first playoff experience. You asked
1: I – mean, uh, Chipper and I have talked about it. I mean, any of the Smoltzy, any of the guys that we've talked – they'll all tell you. And, and I was down in the Centralist Club with my son, and Chipper said, you know, I made the – best." I was just telling my son, I made the best play I've ever made in my whole career in Colorado, in the playoffs, <laughs> when your dad was pitching. And he goes – Colorado hits this like missile. I said, yeah. Chipper, it wasn't that hard. It was like a ten hopper. I was, I was trying to <laughs> play was, it down. I know, I know. Like, no, a, it was a missile. No, he made a I said, play. Was it a ground bar or not? <laughs> he made a great play. That was great. But yes, I did yeah. hit the
2: first home run, home home run, in, uh in Colorado, and uh, it was
0: it was mm. one of the highlights of my career for sure. Mm. Well, you've talked about kind of the young guys, and they've got their thing going on on this current team. Freddie's kind of the leader. You've been around the game both as a player and as a coach for decades now. How would you describe the chemistry that this current group mm-hmm. of Braves has and the type of clubhouse that they have? It's um, how can I put it? Um,
2: it's a competitive winning team that's still growing. When we think about the ages of some of those kids down there, and you just wonder, can they sustain that success over a long period of time, meaning a season? Uh, I think last year, playoff experience was great for the guys, and uh, I I just think it's like, you have Freddie, and McCann, you have those veterans that have gone through the seasons and been in the playoffs, and then you got these youngsters, and for them, it's important for them to grow especially in that second half of the season when things get a little tighter teams start strategizing a little bit more um you know you wonder what which direction they're going to go in Mm -hmm. so that's why it's up to not only you know snit the coaching staff you know the players the veterans that have been through we have to make sure that when we talk about it it's a grind it's a marathon that we are only jockeying for position for September,
1: hmm. and then we make our run because that's when it's going to happen. Do you see the confidence now? You know, they talk about teams that have been winning. There's a quiet confidence that no matter what's happening in the game, there's still time to come back. And I know I was thinking about the Marlins game um, a few nights ago where we were down 5-1, to one and we came back, <laughs> and we got the – Big hit, big home run. I mean, just all these things started happening. Like, do you sense that there's a quiet confidence that no matter what's going on early, that this team, they don't panic. They know that they're going to be there, and they're going to – somebody's going to step up at night, and they're going to make something happen. Are you seeing that from this team? Oh, exactly. It's a it's, it's quiet, quiet storm.
2: Uh, <clears throat> I said it last year, and uh, it was quiet. Mm. And nobody, you know, the guys in that locker room knew we had a good team. This year, when they come to the part, we expect to win. It's that old feeling. You just know quietly. You guys, back in the day, Braves didn't talk about it. You just had that look when you step between the lines that you're going to win the game no matter what. You know, hey, how you doing before the game? But between the lines, you guys were was, was, was strictly business. And this group is younger and have a little bit more fun, but they come to the part we expect to win. And we've had a couple of games this year, the Marlins game you spoke about. And, and there was another game, San Fran. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and then you have Raleigh comes up, and he's banging. Well, we had Acuna come up last year, and he was banging. And, you know, it just becomes contagious, you know. And, uh, you know, we got Ender out right now, and he's going to come back. He's going to make us stronger. And then whoever goes to the, goes to the bench is going to make our bench stronger. Mm-hmm. So – and now we got Dallas coming in. Uh, Whoever goes to the
1: bullpen is going to make be, it stronger.
2: Right, exactly. So, you see see how the falling pieces are moving around, but it's going to make our team stronger. And uh, coming to the second half, uh, I mean, it's going to be special when all the pieces fall together.
0: It is. I mean, as we're taping this today, first place tie for the for the East, which Mm. is great. That's where you wanted to be. Like you said, it's all gearing up to make that run in September and to get ready for it. And I look at where the team is now is where we were last year. And I think if I don't think I think I'm correct in saying this, what was evident in the postseason last year, if there was one area that's like, man, we need to be a little bit stronger here. It's like there just needed to be a little bit more depth. Yeah. And now you look and you just described it there. It's like there's there's depth and there's already and there's much more depth coming and we're mm-hmm. gonna be that much stronger f- for it. And it's uh it was interesting last year around this time, it's I work with the marketing and social media side of things and it's mm-hmm. like when we moved into first or we were flirting with first in May. It was like we could have we were having fun with that because it's like, Well, nobody's really expecting us to That's be right. here and that exactly. sort of thing. Exactly. This year I was thinking about it last night when I looked at the standings and so saw we were tied and I'm like this is where we're supposed to be. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be here. Our team is supposed to be here, and that's mm-hmm. how we should be treating it. And it's, uh, it's a fun time. Mm-hmm. It's a fun time to be here. It is. Well, it I, is. I
1: hope that when the Philly – I don't want to overlook, you know, this last yeah. couple games with Pittsburgh, but my goal, or what I would love to see, is Gabe set the record for pitching changes in the series. <laughs> <laughs> well, Get him on a roll,
2: right? Right. We, we, we never, we never want to look, look, overlook a team no. you're playing at the present time. Yeah. But Pittsburgh. I, I just want to mention something. You know, when we lost those three games in Philly to open the opening season, I didn't see not one guy even dwell on it mm-hmm. or even talk about it. I think, if anything, we gave respect to say, okay, they're a better team this year. We're a better team this year. I don't think anybody panicked or looked at that mm. as a defining moment for our season, mm. and 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 that's a good sign right there. You know, we're not worried about Philly. You know, we feel like we're defending champs. They should be worried about us, and but we're going about our business as you know. Like you said, we jockeying, and we
1: haven't even hit our stride yet. Mm-hmm. Well, Luke Luke made it. We had Luke Jackson on here a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago, and he made a great comment. In that first series, you know, he was coming off two years of not really having a solidified spot on the team. He gives up a home run in the first series. Was it a grand slam slam in the first series? As he jokingly said, every kid dreams of giving up a grand slam on opening day. (laughs) Opening day, (laughs) that's (laughs) right. Right. (laughs) So he's sitting here where you are, and he said, you know, B-Mac came up to me and just said, hey – don't worry about it, you know, we'll just get back out there. And he said he really was has been a calming influence on him because ever since then he's been lights out. I mean, yeah. he's been clearly the most dominant pitcher in the bullpen, been real proud of him. Uh, it's exciting to see him kind of have that, so far, that breakout year for himself yeah. and really yeah. solidify his spot. But it's just, it's just the same to your point that didn't panic. Of course, a yeah. young guy, it would mm-hmm. be easy to do unless you had somebody like B-Mac, B-Mac. you know. I don't know, five, six, seven silver sluggers, however many he's had and all the pitchers he's worked with, have him come up, put his arm around you and say, listen, it's all right, it's the first game of the season, you're going to be fine, let's go to work, and, and uh, you know, he turned around, it's what he needed. That,
2: that's so special that B-Mac does that as well as you have other players doing that, but more importantly, Skip puts them back out there the next mm-hmm. day, puts them back out there even if he blows us head, you know, that's going to happen. You know, it's hard to convert 50 out of 50 Mm -hmm. save opportunities. You're going to have those moments. But we have confidence in you, you know, and that's what we've been showing him and now his confidence level.
0: Mm-hmm. Has also, yeah, It's been a big turn for him. Yes. We we were talking about Freddie earlier. One thing I have to ask about <laughs> every time Freddie either gets a single or a walk and he gets to first, you and him have the your little thing where y'all <laughs> bump, bump batting helmets. How yeah. did how did that start?
2: Uh, last year we were in spring training and we were just talking. We got to come up with something cool because I know <laughs> I'm gonna see you a lot.
1: <laughs> That's you know, right. First base, go
2: me or something like that. Right. And and people don't even realize his home run. What we do. Um, so we were talking and, and, uh, you know, Freddie came up, well, I'm just gonna shake your hand and tap your head like that. I said, all right. And you notice when he comes, when he walks or something like that, he leaves space on the base. So I can step on it, so I can reach him a little oh, bit. Nice. Oh yeah, all <laughs> <So> that. Is- <laughs> so can- oh yeah, yeah, that's uh-huh. funny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he leaves that's a little it. space on the base. Yeah. You, you want to get a walk? You, you'll see him leave a space for me, so I can, you know, get a little height. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then on the home run, we we go towards each other, like we gonna get, like I'm gonna give him five, but then we miss each other. Okay. I'll take that one now. Oh, well, He's been hitting a lot of them here. Oh, right yeah, I'm yeah. Be so that, you know, yeah, when I'm moving, when it, I'm moving like towards him, you'll see, like, we have a yeah. hand and then we just. <laughs> okay.
0: I'm going to be looking yeah. out for that. I now. will. Yeah. That's so,
2: we, we, you know, we just came up with that uh, last spring. Mm. Okay. So, we got to come up with something cool, mm-hmm. like something different. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess, you know, some fans will say, is that your little kiss tap? Or what what it was that, you know? <laughs> I was like, call it whatever you want. Yeah, it's so cool we thought of that, you know, you don't see. Uh at first base, you know, especially from a slug and a first base coach, you
1: know? yeah, so uh, so your official title is that you you mainly work with the outfielders on outfielders
2: uh base running base dealers base run okay, uh,
1: that makes sense
2: that's it I think that's all the when the time when you
1: like. i know it was big when i was when I was playing, we had specific coaches that they did a lot of work. Is there a routine that you got to know? There's been a lot of talk about Wash on his little routine, what yeah. he does. What, tell us a little bit about what you do with your outfielders, get them ready for the game.
2: Well, it's a little different with outfielders because usually you have four or five. Um, and those three of those four, well, we have four. Three of those four are playing every day. Mm. So, you have to monitor the workload with those guys. So, it's just – I'm not just going to go out and hit fly balls or – well, I they're taking
1: they're taking balls off the off bat the anyway, bat which that, is great. Know,
2: I have a veteran and Marteckis, <clears throat> the older guy. I have a Gold Glove, both of them Gold Glove in center field, and they have a routine. They like to throw to the base, maybe two games, and then the the day game we have off. But now I've developed a little drill hmm. with Acuna and I'm using it with Riley, that um, I'm pretty much up close like like Wash. And uh, it's just more footwork for those guys. I'm not trying to change Riley because
1: Raleigh is a third baseman. Well, you've done a great job because I have not been able to tell that he's a third baseman. <laughs> he looks smooth <laughs> he, out there. He,
2: he's playing well. You know yeah. what? He's, he's, he's very intelligent. He, he understands what's going on. I will relay some things to him, especially different pitchers. You can't play every guy the same way. If you got a guy throwing 96 and a guy throwing 90, I may get around on that guy on the ninety, but that ninety six is hard to get around mm-hmm. on. So I've been showing him, hey, if you want to move a couple of steps to your left or your right, depending on how you see the swing of that guy, go go with that because I want you to play with instincts out here. I want you to I don't want you to be a robot. Mm-hmm. I'll put you in a position based on our charts and our analytics. But I want you to use your smarts to Understand what's going on as a baseball player, and mm-hmm. he's a baseball player that makes it easy, sure. So he's gone out there, and I say, Hey, I'm not going to give you all these drills, I'm not going to talk about all this and that, I'm just going to give you some drills for footwork just in case you get in a situation where you have to make a play and you use your arm. Mm-hmm. So, technique, as me and Watch talk about a lot, technique of an outfielder is what I work on, especially with Acuna, too, because Acuna is a little, a little raw as mm-hmm. well. No. Um, but these guys are making strides. And like I said, these kids are not afraid to work. It's all about work. You know, long season consistency comes from work. If you stay in the locker room, you don't want to do anything, then it will show. Mm. It may not show right now. It will show up. And you'll see the guys get out there and start mm. to work again. But these guys, like I said, it's, it's, as a coach, this is a great situation for us. Awesome. Because we hear what other cultures are saying in their sure. organization. No, no not what uh we're not having those problems. Mm-hmm.
1: Well they can make you look good and they can make you look bad. That's
2: right, that's right. And <laughs> we, we we'll talk a little bit more if they make me look bad, you know. <laughs>
0: Well, I remember when when Alex first came here, his introductory press conference, I was there and he was talking about how much he valued defense and how we're going to we're going to emphasize and we're going to practice, we're going to do a lot more, and we're going to focus on defense. Yes. And from day one of the last year when it started, it was evident the, the work that you're doing with the outfielders, the work Wash does with the yeah. infielders, it was obvious that the emphasis was there and Quite frankly, just from a fan perspective, it's a much better brand of baseball to watch. You've got a good defensive team out there, <laughs> sure. and you, from having watched the few seasons and during the rebuilding era to now, it's it's it goes it does not go unnoticed from the fans' perspective. I know, and it's great to see the work you guys are, are doing. I would be remiss if we if we had you on here and didn't ask what is it like to be the father of a child actor and child <laughs> star. What is that like? Oh my God, that's that's taking me to a different arena. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I had
2: no clue of how it works, how it operates. Uh, and my youngster Dallas, he all of a sudden comes home, and says, "I want to be an actor." You know, Dallas, you act every day. <laughs> he said, "He said just like he said, no, Dad, get paid for it." <laughs> I said, "Oh." I didn't think about it like that, and so we took him to a, a showcase, and I mean, he really, really did really well, and um, I'm so proud of him because he loves what he's
0: doing. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all. That's all. I think that's all you can want out of your out of your kids if they yeah. love. They do. They find something they love. What they're doing. There's nothing yeah, better than being that. Being Absolutely nothing better Man, than that. Man, how did y'all make me get emotional? <laughs> 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 no, but
2: he's, he's, he's an awesome kid that he just loves life. Mm-hmm. He loves to come out to the baseball field, and that's the only time he plays. And, the, and everybody asked him, why are you not playing baseball? He said, no, oh, baseball is fun. Mm-hmm. I just like to come play that with my dad. Mm-hmm. I love acting. I said, mm-hmm. Straight-A student. Mm-hmm. Already knows what college he wants to go to, and what's that? Stanford. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me how Stanford came about, but it's <laughs> been ever since he was five years old. The kid just—he—he—it's like he sees his plan. Mm-hmm. He, he just knows what he wants, and he just finding out. Okay, I need to know what how to get there, and he's been just working hard to get there. He's just—it's amazing because. He just does things like, you just shake your head like, wow. And he's so personable. Mm-hmm. I mean, he comes around and he greets people and he looks them in the eye and he talks to them. It's like he's 20 years old or he's like he's 30, like an old soul. <laughs> and I just sometimes, I'm talking to my kid and I'm like, hold on, you're a 12-year-old kid. What am <laughs> you know? so I doing? So I sort of talk to him differently. I find myself talking to him differently mm-hmm. and he's understanding a lot. Of what I'm saying, which mm. is wow. amazing.
1: Is he homeschooled? Or he's homeschooled.
2: Okay. He he, uh, he he's associated with the school and a, um, for mm. actors, and he sees his teacher once a week, and she gives him a syllabus, and he has to do the work. If he have any problems, yeah. he have to call her. But then he has to, when he sees her, it, he has to go over the work,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, then he takes the test. Like for instance, his reading score is like twelfth grade reading. I mean, he's, wow. read, he's reading books and he understands. Hmm. I mean, he's writing stories. And, I mean, he's writing, you know, a report on it. And it's like, wow. Th- this is, this, well, I, all I can say is wow. And I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm
0: truly blessed to have uh, two great kids. Hmm. That's amazing. That's I, I've got sisters that are much, much younger than me. The huge <laughs> age difference. And I was very much, it took me a long time to figure out where, where I needed to go in life and to actually get a career and what I wanted out of life. And I'm amazed watching them grow up, and they figured it out so much earlier than I did. And they're still in school, but they both – they've got their eyes on the prize, and they're working there. They know – it's like you said, they know what their their plan is and what they want. And I'm always – I'm amazed and impressed by kids that – like your son, that can figure that out. So that I don't know how they figure it out so early. Right and then have the, the wherewithal to – to put together a plan and work for it and follow that plan it's it's, that's pretty amazing that's really special especially 12 especially 12. it's amazing talking about him he
2: came down here he had to self self self-tape as soon as he flew in i had to take him to a studio self-tape a couple of um auditions one I'm called back it's a movie he's doing filming now in vancouver that's going to come out on netflix it's amazing. That is awesome. It's this <laughs> happening for him, and mm. uh, good for him. We're gonna, mm. you know, we're gonna ride this journey with him.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful thing.
1: Well, um, this has been fun catching up with you. I know I get to say hi, and you know I try not to. I know the season's crazy enough with people hanging down in the locker room that don't need to be there, but uh, <laughs> this is a way for me to catch up with a lot of you guys, and we appreciate you coming on and and we're we're watching we're cheering for you guys and uh, of course it's i think it's more special for me just cuz i know you guys personally and and kind of understand a little bit more of the dynamic between the coaching and the kids and you know you're just at a different stage in life but i know you're you're impacting them and you're you're playing a, a key role for for the team and so we appreciate you doing that and glad you got to finally be here in atlanta <laughs> and, and uh your family's enjoying it and yes this is so it's all cool. good so but, cool but thanks for being on behind the braves and um and hopefully we'll have you on again hey my pleasure all right thank all you right, okay. all all right. Right. <laughs> thanks, I really appreciate it man. my pleasure thank you <laughs>
0: Our thanks again to Braves first base coach Eric Young. Greg, he was after we got done taping there, we were just kind of hanging out talking for a minute and he mentioned that he's like ah, I should have I should have talked about Andrew and his work with Acuña. And he's and we said, well, "Okay, well we'll make sure we say something about that, how how Andrew Jones has been a positive influence on Acuña." And if you listened I, was it last week? All my episodes are running together now. We had Andrew Jones on recently on mm-hmm. behind the Braves, and hearing him talk about his work with the young outfielders was really cool. And Ey wanted to make sure that we we mentioned that that Andrew's influence on Ronald Acuna is is pretty strong and noteworthy there too. So mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure we mentioned that. I, I can't say enough about that interview or that conversation with Ey. That was that was awesome. Just hearing about him as the baseball man. And the father, I think I enjoyed the father part <laughs> even more because that's pretty cool to hear. To have two sons that have just excel, that are excelling. I mean, I mean, excelling when you were at the top of your profession, or your. I mean, his, his son that wants to be an actor. He's he's not just an actor. He's a star. He's a child star, mm-hmm. and and seems by all accounts very grounded and very mature for his age. And his oldest son has been a big leaguer for ten years. That's that's. That's to me, you're you're in the big leagues or you're you've been around for a decade, that's as good as it gets. Yeah. I agree, I I understand some guys are you got Hall of Famers and you got different levels, but to me if you're a big yeah. leaguer for an extended period of time, that means you you've played at to the top. Sure, the average career is somewhere between three and four years. Yep. So um
1: yeah, you're doing something right. You're you're a player if you've played, you know,
0: that ten years. I think that in having two kids that have excelled so well, I think that says a lot about the kind of parents that they have, too. And you can tell in the kind of man that EY is. I think that uh, there's there's a strong correlation mm-hmm. there, I would say. It is sure. no coincidence there that uh, the kids have turned out so well mm-hmm. because of how strong the parenting has been. And that's also why EY is a good leader. I mean, <laughs> that's a, he's, a, he's a great leader and why it's a, he's been a great influence on this team. Well, he has some good good
1: words of wisdom there as he's talking about that you know he he uh, he wants to be the right dad. He wants to support his kids and you could tell he deeply loves them and, and is proud of them and it's good to see but I always just enjoy seeing players go from player to coach and how they're impacting the next generation of guys. So he's doing that and and I'm not surprised that these guys are responding, you know, he's working with Riley, he's working with Acuña and and these guys and so they they need they need someone like that to to help them understand the outfield better because we know they're going to hit. We know they're good hit, but when you can be a good defensive outfielder, then you're helping that pitching staff and you're going to make your team better. It may not always be seen you're doing the little things, but we always know. If you you talk about baseball, Hitting doesn't win championships. It's pitching and defense. So you may have some great hitters, and of course, hitting is a big part of it. But your pitching staff and your defense are what's going to take it take it to the bank.
0: It's it's a cliche, but it's true. Defense doesn't slump. That's, that's just right. that's what it is. And that mm-hmm. there's a it's some cliches are cliches for reasons because they're just true. And mm-hmm. that that is the truth. No matter how you're doing at the plate. You can always bring it every day with the glove, mm-hmm. and it's it's very, very important. And that's what I've
1: appreciated about Dansby, too. I mean, Dansby had a rough couple of years at the plate, but he's played defense. I mean, last year he made some, some key plays for us. And when we, we talked about that uh, Arizona series where we turned it around after we got beat by Boston, some tough – he made an unbelievable play out there that helped turn that season around from the standpoint of getting the momentum to go into the playoffs – and uh, and that's one thing I really appreciate about Dansby is that he played really good defense those last couple of years, made himself into a fine shortstop and one of the top-rated defensive shortstops over the last year. And then now his hitting's coming around. Now he's, you know, he's more of a complete player. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, as a pitcher, give me guys out there throwing the leather around,
0: sacrificing their bodies to get the outs, and you're going to get the best out of me. Absolutely. And Dansby – Made. We talked about that crucial road trip last year with EY that started in Arizona, and Dansby made one of the plays of the season mm-hmm. defensively with the play at the plate, throwing the uh, throw into home yeah. to end that game, win that game. Again, pitching and defense, it That's wins. Right. It's it's true. It's just absolutely true. And by the way, the first round of uh, All Star balloting came out today. The first results. Dansby is. I think he's the second uh, vote getter. Oh, nice. Shortstop. We need to keep him. We need to. We need to get him to that one spot if we can. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few guys. Aussie's the leader at, at second base. Freddie's yes. third in first base. Balloting. What? We need to get on that. We need to work on that. You need to start flipping some bats, I guess. Well, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Well, what needs to happen is we need everybody to get out there and vote Braves and vote for these guys. Where's Ronald? Ronald is, I think he's the he's in the top three of outfield, okay. so he's up there. But we need okay. we need Braves country to get out there and vote. So okay. it's by the way, it's it's easier this year. You can go to Braves.com slash vote as you always have. That's one way. Uh, Google is doing the balloting this year. You can just Google the guy's name. And that's the first thing that'll pop up is the All Star ballot, and you can vote for them. It's nice. way, it's super simple, super easy. There's no reason everybody shouldn't be doing it. So, mm. and you can vote as many times you want. I forget. I think there's a limit on it from from Google, but I, you better just Google it and find out, and just keep voting until they tell you you can't anymore, and then go get on a different computer, a different IP address, and vote there <laughs> until they don't let you anymore. That's or what are they, they going to ask you, "Are you a robot"? They might, but just keep just you, you you can put you can get your way past that. It'll okay. be fine. It'll all be fine. Right. Speaking of uh, all stars and former all stars, we've got we got some good Braves alumni coming up this week at SunTrust Park. We do. We? we
1: have a great alumni Sunday coming up this weekend. It's going to be headlined by Bob Horner, Mister Four Home Runs in a Game back awesome. in July of 1986, I think, or 1984. I Can't remember. Um, so Bob will be here. Uh, we have. Let's see, Chris Hammond uh, has the lowest ERA of any Braves pitcher for a season. I think it was below – one of a few guys only to have below one. That's pretty incredible. A, yeah, That's a great change incredible. up. So yeah. Chris will be here. We will have Sonny Jackson. Oh, nice. Back from the 70s, um, 60s and 70s, first time back. Very so cool. So Sonny was actually my coach in New York when I was with the Mets. Great individual. Um a lot of baseball knowledge there, uh, overall nice guy, so fun to have him back. And then Marty Perez, who played shortstop back when Hank Aaron played. Um, so Marty will be here as well. So we got a great great group on tap, so come on out and, and uh, check us out. I'll be out there hanging out, making sure the lines
0: don't get rowdy, but uh, <laughs> no, we'll have a good group and it should be a lot of fun. Good deal, good deal. We'll definitely make sure you check out Alumni Sunday here at SunTrust Park. Again, as we mentioned earlier, we're just now starting a long homestand. The, the team is playing great. They're playing some really good baseball right now. So come out here and watch them. And as always, thank you for listening to Behind the Braves and for subscribing on Apple Podcasts or listening on Spotify or Google Play or if you go to Braves.com slash Behind the Braves if you're listening there. Wherever you're listening, we very much appreciate it. If you're checking out the show on YouTube, where today's show with EY will be up on YouTube, as have some of our recent episodes with Hank, Chase Elliott, Andrew Jones, Marquise, David Justice, there's there's a growing list there, too. So wherever you want to check us out, we appreciate it. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we very much appreciate it. We read them all, and we appreciate all of them, all the good and the bad ones. We re- we read them all, and we appreciate them. And uh, tell a friend, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, uh, by by phone, in person. I always mention the social media. Just tell somebody if you're talking to, them. if you're doing a weird thing of not looking at your phone and talking to a person in real life. Tell them about behind the Braves. Or come up with any new nicknames. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I not a I think you're fan still
1: you're still hurt over Bubba.
0: I'm a little hurt. I'm. It's not going to. Yeah, it's not going to stop. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, come up with a new one. Leave that in your next review. We'd appreciate it. As always, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves.